What's going on, everybody? Welcome back into another episode of the Dogs Basketball Podcast here on this Tuesday, the day after the home opener. It is also voting day. It's a very important day around everywhere, but it's a very important day because we got the big dub yesterday. I'm Nate Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. Noah, we we were talking about it, and we'll jump into what, what they had the spread at this weekend and thinking that it might have, you know, that maybe it seemed a little too high, and that definitely wasn't the case. We slaughtered the Trojans last night. We will talk about it and other things. What's going on? Yeah, definitely um, great to have basketball. Great to be back in the um, the arena, even though it's not called that anymore. All I'm going to always call it the arena. Um, electric at- atmosphere, the dog pound. Um, got free pizza, free T-shirts, free rally towels, and some. Uh, one of them won uh, free tuition, so. Um, they came out in full force, over 2,000. Um, I think it was just over 5,000, 5,100 for the total attendance. Um, really good crowd. Um, didn't know how it would be on an opening Monday night, but um, really great atmosphere, great being back. And, yeah, uh, team took care of business. Thought the spread could be a little too much because um, you never know how opening night go, but right out of the gates they, they jumped on them. Yeah, and it was about 17 on Saturday, and it got down to like 14, 14 and a half uh, last night, I guess the days leading up to it. Yeah, 5,200 people were there. It was the largest attended home opening game in eight years. Those 2014 years were not good either, so that's surprising. And just knowing that, uh, you know, if the place fits, you know, 8,000 or more, so there's still a lot of seats there you mentioned 2000 students that's actually a lot like I, i'm honestly i'd be and they they said that was a certain percentage of the actual like student body at siu and i'm like that's hard to believe that 2000 kids showed up to that we know that section was definitely full and they were amazing yeah they had these as soon as we scored our first basket which was very fitting we'll jump into it but they had those uh they had some like, ribbons flowing or they shot off some things after it happened. And just a great effort. Again, the players went over there at the end of the game and celebrated. Dog Pound was tremendously right. Free tuition. So we've talked about how we're thinking this is going to be a year that we're going to make people show up to the game no matter what, no matter if they give out pizza or give out free tuition opportunities or T-shirts. You know, that's just something to get fans uh you know, excited for the home opener and grow them, you know, might happen here and there the rest of the year, but we're thinking that's going to be the case all year. So definitely was an amazing atmosphere in the Charles Helene tip off classic, a 31 point victory and 94 points scored. So definitely to start out the season, we, I don't think we'll have any worries about scoring. We're not going to score that all the time. You never know here or there. We have some matchups along the season that could warrant something like this. You know, we've talked about, you know, who could play in those kind of games, blah, blah, blah. But we'll get to that when it happens. So, no, 94 points. This And I mentioned the ribbons as soon as we scored points, and that came on a – or let's – before that, actually, I'm sorry. Let's talk into what the lineup was, who were surprised on it or not, who didn't play, and vice versa, Noah. Uh, we know well, – we talked about J.D., who was not – he was not playing the past two exhibitions, and you got there about an hour before and noticed he was still in street clothes. There was that, and then we'll just get to – I mean, Kay didn't play, but get into – no, it was weird, his jersey situation. Not sure if that's the reason why he didn't play. We're thinking he's not going to play a whole lot of all this year. Jump, in, jump into that and start off with what the starting lineup was. Yeah, uh, just happened to notice Cade uh, on the back of his jersey, everybody else has their last name, um, but it says Cade on the back of his jersey. So um, I don't know if that's a mistake by the jersey or let's unless he wants to go by that not sure there um but yeah expect him um, to probably be red shirting at this point then jd was still with the back um did not play at all um but we started we went small here we started xavier lance trent marcus and troy um i like that small lineup i think that's a, a lineup to go down the stretch um during some games but um not sure I like – I mean, last night, Little Rock's pretty athletic, not too big of size, um, but there were some times it was, it was too much with uh, some of their bigs inside, like Gordon so or Nigel Johnson sometimes on the boards. Um, but, yeah, I like that. I think that's a drown-the-stretch-in-games lineup, but um, 
started off like that and uh it was a great great to see um they had a nice nice video um like they always do for starting lineups yeah and we knew and brian committed because we talked about on thursday yeah well hey we'll get interviews this weekend but it was on friday which we know they don't always unless they play on saturday they're never going to uh post interviews on the weekends but they posted we counted them five four player there were more than that. There were at least two Brian. And then we know they're starting to do the press conferences now, hopefully like, you know, pre like before games and then, uh, you know, post game, they run the presser afterwards as well. So we talked about how that's good that they're starting to do that now. And yeah, like five of them before. So we, we listened to a lot of players and what they had going into this, but yeah, uh, the lineup, like I said, Marcus and Lance for sure. And I'm me and you were talking because we were listening to those interviews, and Brian kind of got frustrated at not frustrated, but kind of snippy at people asking about about asking about lineups and him saying that it's going to change all the time and all this stuff. Like, don't you know read too much into those. And but he did say it's Marcus and Lance, and then it's up in the air, which I'm surprised because I I think Xavier is going to start every single game, and I guess that's about ninety percent factual. You never know. I would say that's the case. So those three, and then yeah, I mean Trent. And we'll get into his game. He had an awesome game, and that's a guy you miss 100%. So you can see him starting, and then Troy for sure, because him and Marcus play well together, and Troy is just a winning player. Marcus said after the game, or Coach Brian said after the game about how great Trent or how great Troy was doing in the offseason workouts. He was winning all the competitive battles and stuff. So he's definitely valuable. We'll get into his game. So I, I don't, I don't mind the lineup either, especially against a team like this. We talk, we'll talk about how I'm not sure if you can do. Uh, you know, maybe that on Thursday, but yeah, I'm not, I'm perfectly fine with the lineup as well. So let's get how this game started. We mentioned those ribbons that were set off in the dog pound. That was thanks to a Trent Brown three at the top of the key that got us started. Noah and a, and a run to start the game. That was pretty huge. We'll get into what they were doing. The only one who scored for them for a long time was DJ Smith their senior guard. He was really good in this game. It was hard to stop him at times, but Noah, that three by Trent at the top of the key by Xavier, and then Trent set up Troy for a layup, and then Marcus made a three, and then Lance made a three. Now, I'll dive into this run a little bit because we talked about it, everyone's talked about it. You know, when Lance gets going, he'll make them all, and there are some people we'll also get into that maybe at times, just at times, it was a blowout, but at times we're scared to maybe shoot. We know with Lance that's never a worry. Yeah, definitely if, if Lance – once Lance sees the first one go in, he's going to be confident. Um to shoot a couple in a row, he was he was playing towards the crowd a lot. Um, he was hyping them up. Um, great start by Trent. I mean, getting him. I mean, how many times have we talked about we need to run something for a shooter to get open, and then they start the game with Trent on top, a down screen for Trent for top of the key. He hits the first three, um, and they cause a turnover, and they get a bucket for Troy. Then Marcus hits a three. Um, to respond after DJ Smith made a bucket. Um, then really that's when Lance, he goes on and he hits a three Then he hits another three. I mean, he went on a little run and just incredible start. Um, we went, I mean, we went a long time at some points last year. Um, it took good six minutes for us to score it sometimes. And, you know, how Saluki fans always stand till they score the first bucket. So, um, wasn't long. We got to sit down right away, but really impressive start because first game of the year, some people thought it'd be sluggish, maybe um, didn't know what to expect. Um, but right away, the three ball was falling early and it was really good to see. Yeah. And I think, you know, you mentioned that it takes, you know, the team, the fans a while to sit down after they score. You're right. It didn't take long on this one and definitely has in the past. I think this is a team that is going to look just like look to push it all the time. Like you could just tell how active everybody was at the start of this game. And that, that'll be led by Xavier. He gets guys going. He has rocket passes. He had a lot of great passes in this game. And he also had a couple turnovers, which that'll be one of our takeaways is team turnovers. Uh, just a lot of people trying to make things happen. And he will lead the way for us. And he was making things happen. So here or there, you know, if you try to push the tempo offensively, that's going to happen. And yeah, I think, uh, especially, and we mentioned it because it was a shock, you know, and Marcus had a, a fine game, nothing to his standard one bit. We'll talk about in the second half. He was kind of 
I know he was kind of sluggish in this game and he missed two early free throws to start the game. Never happens with Marcus. And then, but they got it to, they cut it to six to, they cut it to eight to 11. And that's when Clarence had a layup. We'll get into Clarence in the first half takeaways. It was kind of up and down in this game without a doubt, but he had a layup that was set up by Dalton. Dalton had his own and one. And then Noah, this stretch right here, which was really fun. He's a fan favorite already. You could tell. Scotty got on the board, made it a 10-point game, uh, or he got fouled, finished an and one, and then had another layup that was assisted by Jawan. Or he had back-to-back uh, and ones. So he finished them both. But Noah, that – just go ahead and dive into the impact that Scotty had, not only in this stretch. This is early in the game, but he had throughout the game. But Manoa, he's running the floor. He's he's guarding tough in the paint. He, we mentioned yesterday, he when he's guarding on defense in the paint, he is uh, – uh, moving around a lot. He's taking up a lot of room, like his big body, Noah, but it's good to see him finish or finish around the rim and make his free throws. But if he can run the floor like this, we talked about endlessly a lot. Like where was this last year? I now granted sitting a year was great for him. I guarantee it. And working out this year, having JD and Clarence working with him to prepare him for this moment. But Noah, he, he, we saw in the exhibition, he could have done all of this last year. We're thinking too. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, there are times where we need a a big man impact last year. Um, and what Scotty brought, I mean, JD brings energy as well. Um, but the way Scotty and his footwork, and especially with Clarence too, they both can just really run the floor. Um, something we haven't had at SIU at that position in a long time. Um, T could run the floor a little bit, but he was always injured, it felt like. Um, but a guy that can run the floor and catch the ball in motion like he was and just finish and finish that and one. Um, good to see him knock down a free throw um, at his size. But at his size at 6'10", he lists at 265. Um, the space he takes, his, his hands and footwork at that size is really special. Um, I thought we could have used both our guys we sat last year um, for Foster for shooting and him inside, but um, the absence of JD and that energy did not lack because we know last year JD brought a lot of energy and defense, and uh, Scotty and Clarence stepped right up. Uh, Scotty was really big, and, and that's that's one hundred percent the truth. Though like, we were lacking at big depth last year. I mean, Kyler was healthy, but he was not playing well. We'll get to him maybe of his first game of his career or his Wofford career. Uh, and but it was him, and then Anthony was her. I mean, Anthony played the start of the year, but it was just when, and the time was right. And I guess when you get to a certain point of the year, and you've talked about it endless times about Jacob Hudson being able to take it off him at the end of the year, and he played pivotal for them. We could have done that with Scotty. And granted, you feel like you don't want to waste that, but if you needed him and you wanted to win in a, in a season last year where it felt like we had a chance at times, clearly that you know it could have been needed. But we're hoping that him and Foster, due to the redshirt, can obviously pay off a lot this year, and we're hoping that it will. So yeah. Great start from Scotty. He's not done. I, I well, he's not done this game. We mentioned fans were yelling Scotty. There was a fan sent behind us that every time he would go to the scores table and do anything, he seems like a Scotty fan as well. He probably thinks the same way as us about obviously his impact and you know, you know, what he could have been last, you know, last year if he played and such. So he's already a fan favorite, as I mentioned. So he had that stretch. Clarence got another board with a layup. Uh or no, as we mentioned earlier in this game, let's talk about Clarence now before we get – he had a – like I said, he had a up-and-down game, way better second half. He played in the – as soon as he got in, Noah, he allowed a – he allowed a paint score and then turned it over out there, had the uh, offensive foul on the one end. And then, Noah, he seemed frustrated when he came out. And, you know, we know – and Clarence is a – he seems like – you can tell in pregame, you can tell in everything on the videos they post. He's, he's an amped-up guy. Like he wants to – you know, do well. He wants to, he's just outlandish and stuff. So I think whenever he struggles and then he gets, uh, you know, consequent it for it, lack of a better word, he, he like gets frustrated. And that's what we noticed in this first half, Noah. Cause like I said, both through those first couple of plays that he was in, he didn't do well. So then he came out like not too long after. Yeah. I mean, right away you see, this is a guy obviously um, gets upset pretty easily. Um, he cares a lot. I mean, this is a guy that obviously what his freshman year ended up being, making that run at St. Peter's. Uh, but coming here and expecting to 
uh, make an impact. And uh, yeah, he had a lot better, obviously, coming in and getting scored on twice in a row than having an offensive foul in between those um, getting scored on. Doesn't doesn't help right away, but um, Brian Caldemoto was coaching a little bit. But this is a guy that is going to make an impact. Um, ended up having a, a decent game. He ended up having six points at half, three for three on the field. Made a really nice spin move on the baseline. Um, made an impact. Um, he's going to help rebounding. He rebounded really well, even sometimes brought the ball up the floor. Um, but this is a guy Dalton Banks said pre to the game. He was in the group chat, making sure everybody stayed connected, communicated on defense. So um, this is a guy that he's only he's only a sophomore um, on the score sheet, but this is a guy that's already like a veteran right away. Yeah, he's going to be pivotal this year, and it was a rocky game. You're right. I was going to mention at some point that Dalton did say in the post game that Clarence was, yeah, messaging everybody to get him fired up. So he wants it, and he experienced it, so he wants more of it. So that's I like the firiness. He just obviously can't act like that at certain points and stuff because the game's you know so young, and you have uh, plenty of opportunities in the game. And obviously that that was the case as time went on. So he got on the board again there, and then came the. Uh, and then came the Lance three straight threes. They got everybody jacked. They got us a 20-point lead. Um, at that one point, you see A.J. in the game at time, or when he got in the game, he was a little sluggish at first. And then he also – I think all of these guys, outside of maybe we mentioned Marcus, a lot of these guys were just, you know, a little too uh, passive and a little too hesitant at the start of the game and then got going in the second half. That's what A.J. was. So uh, then Marcus made a couple free throws. Dalton had a jump shot. We we talked about this, Noah, his patented little – he gets like about 10 feet away and is able to pull up there. And then Jawan did the same thing. on Noah, almost an exact move, what we see from Stephen Verplanken. But Stephen didn't shoot it uh, enough. And we expect Jawan to almost have the exact – like get in around that same 10 to 15 feet and have a little step around, uh, turn around jump shot. So we'll look to see a lot from Jawan that this year, Noah. So we were up 22 at that point. They ended up cutting it back to 20. And then over the stretch here, which Marcus is best stretch of the game, dive into those two plays that he had that also got the crowd going. Yeah, really, I mean, these two plays right here, um, he had a put-back dunk, then he had one down the lane, a monstrous dunk. I mean, just seeing him be able to do that, and we know he has that sneaky athleticism, but um, him being fully healthy and be able to do stuff like that is just really nice to see um, to finish off a – a pretty good first half for him um, in the 18 minutes he played. Um, dude was, was watching the kind of minutes he got to play in that first half. Um, I think he ended up playing 18 minutes in that 18 minutes in that first half, but um, really big play, got the crowd going. Um, that put us at a 27-point lead at half, 54-27. Uh, big time three at the buzzer. Trent had a look – Missed it, got his own rebound, stepped back, hit a three um, to make that 27-point 20, lead at halftime. It's good to see Trent knock down, follow his shot, um, get it back. Uh, we're going to need big shots like that for Trent at moments this year. Yeah, we said Lanson's scared to shoot. Trent definitely is, and we were talking about that, that those are probably the two that aren't scared to shoot. You're right, that was a big play. Steve Fallett said Dalton Banks at the buzzer. We knew it was Trent, though. Yeah, huge to give us that. We doubled them at the half, as you mentioned, even Dalton. Speaking of Dalton, he had five points there in the last, like, two minutes or so in the half. Um, and then Juwan had a free throw. Clarence scored again. So, yeah, really quality first half. We knew we were on pace for good things in this game. Let's dive into that first half box, Noah. We mentioned Marcus. Yeah, with those 18 minutes, he was about four ahead of the next guy, which was Trent. Trent was two of six, and they were all from three, but it was, yeah, great to see him shooting. We want Trent shooting at all times. Uh, and we mentioned that because we say Marcus, he passed up a lot over the course of this game because we talk about, yeah, he, you know, he's, he's the best player. He needs to shoot as much as possible. We know he's a, you know, he's I, – I mentioned he's not a pass first. That's kind of like LeBron saying he's a pass first. LeBron loves to get guys involved, but he's also second all-time in scoring, and he's going to be first at some point. You know you can score – in LeBron's case, you know you can score 40 points a game. Marcus, we know you can score 20 points a game. But he, but it's in, it's in a different way. Like, LeBron will go get his. I'm not, it's just weird how the irony of comparing the two. But Marcus is 
I'm not going to say scared, but he is hesitant at times. And we talk about his shot release. Maybe he can't get a ball off that he thinks he needs needs to. But especially in a game like this, you know, let it fly. Get it going a little bit. And we're getting weird at the end of the second half where the starters came back in. But, uh, yeah, outside of that, yeah, Marcus was was good. He had the nine points, kind of like how he had in Alabama, and then he barely scored in the second half. Uh, we had nine turnovers, which we'll get into. We had a lot. We ended up doubling that or more in the second half. Uh, Xavier Noah, 10 and a half minutes, only shot once. He got going more in the second half, 21. And the thing is, well, it's plus minus is you got Marcus, 23, Troy, 24, Lance, 25, Xavier, 21, Trent, 16, Dalton, 8, Clarence at negative 5, and AJ, 10, and short in three and a half minutes, Scotty, 8, Jawan, 5, uh, but Clarence at negative five, that's because he had some turnovers and I, he let up a couple of points outside of the times he was doing wrong. Uh, but Dalton was back to his his highways. You know, we yeah, Clarence didn't miss. Jawan only shot once. Scotty was good. So we all overall we were shooting 19 of 31, which is really, really good. No, what else stuck out in this? Because obviously in terms of like sec, first half, the second half box score, they're probably a little different, but things that stuck out on this first half. Yeah, the biggest thing in the first half was 25 bench points. I mean, the bench, um, we we were begging for at times 10 to 15 bench points last year. And getting 25 just in the first half, I uh, think we ended up with, I think, 51. Um, that's just incredible. It just shows you the depth we've been talking about on this team. Having guys, I mean, Dalton scoring 11 in the first half and getting six. Um, from Clarence, getting six from Scotty. I mean, 12 points from your bigs in the first half. I mean, we, could, we couldn't even get that combined in games last year. Uh, just just a big-time contributor off the bench, um, getting guys. I mean, we shot eight of 17 from three for 47%. Um, obviously, a hot streak by Lance in that first half helped, helped that. Um, but if we're going to be – Shooting 17 threes a half, that's a lot of threes to jack up. And if you're hitting 47% of them, um, you're going to be scoring a lot of points. So, um, really, the bench did a really good job. And that's, I mean, Foster and AJ didn't get going to the second half, but um, really nice job with the depth we have on this team right now. Seeing that live action last night, um, then outscoring them by eight in the paint points, seeing guys get paint touches. Uh, we know Brian preaches paint touches and be able to kick out the shooters where we can get those looks from three for Trent, for Marcus, for the for our shooters, or find, dish it off like we were last night to our big guys to get easy layups. Yeah, exactly. And we only had, I think, what was it, seven fast, uh, seven fast break points. And we were out rebounding. That was one of Brian's keys of the game, and we'll get to the, how that was at the end of the game. Uh but just, I mean, Little Rock struggle. You can just tell. Like, they we, they have size and they're talented at certain points. We mentioned DJ Smith. I mean, he had 10 points at the half. He ended up having a good game. But they were all in the negatives. There was a, a couple guys who played had zeros, so they weren't bad or good. But they had a minus 27 as a team, and they shot 32%. So I mentioned they missed a lot, so we were able to get easy defensive rebounds. We had 19 of them of our 27 uh, but they had seven of their 13 were offense. So we were letting them get offensive boards as well, but not a whole lot to pick apart in this first half at all when you have a 27 point lead. So, um, and they're, I mean, no, we meant, or, you know, if we, we can dive into the second half, there's, you know, they ended up, we barely outscored them in the second half. I don't think, and this is when, you know, Xavier got scored a little bit in this game or in the second half. And honestly, you know, a lot more of a lot more of Scotty. He had a monster dunk. We saw Juwan making some threes, uh, and Noah Foster making some threes. And seven to him quickly. Uh, you know, there, there were times whenever he was, and we mentioned how his defense. And you're going to live with his great shooting, with his iffy defense as a redshirt freshman. We think it's going to get better over time. He passed up some threes. He just pump fake, tried to you know st- one step into a jump shot, and he hesitated around the uh, on the on the baseline and missed, I think, at the front of the rim. But Noah Foster is in there to shoot, and, you know, he's a really good overall score, as we know. He's got great size out there. He really does. And, you know, he was, you know, t- talking with his teammates. He looked 
fresh out there. We know when he obviously played an exhibition last year, he was kind of getting told where to go, what to do and stuff. But you know, I mentioned that the defense is a work in progress. That's fine over time. Marcus Damas still isn't a great defender. He had a block in the first half. It's fine. But if Foster can end up developing that, but he's got to, he's got to, because he was, we'll get into threes. I mean, he shot maybe a little bit contested threes. I don't think so. Most of them were open. No, as soon as he gets it, he needs to chuck it. Not chuck it. We know he can shoot it. And we've talked about how he's probably one of the best, if not the best shooter in the Valley, potentially. If he would get the looks, he needs to take those looks, though, and not be as hesitant. Yeah, most definitely. Um, being the first game, obviously, um, he had two. I thought I thought he had two looks where he pump faked and got the pull up. He left those short, um, but then he got two open looks for three, and it was it was pure. I mean, like I've been saying, this is probably the best shooter in the valley, definitely on the team. Um, he can shoot it with the best in the country. Um, getting those. Only played ten minutes, but getting those looks from three, being able to score, just seeing it in his first active first game, um, really getting going. Uh, that was really good to see from him shooting the ball. Um, then getting to see AJ. I think AJ only played thirteen minutes. He got the nail of three. Um, seeing those guys, AJ was really. I mean, he was flying. He was leading some fast breaks as quick as he is. That's crazy at his size. Um, he rebounded the really ball. AJ rebounded well. Um, seeing those two get going um, in the second half, get some good minutes were really impressive um, depth pieces that we have because if they're only going to get that 10 to 13 minutes a game, um, they can make an impact really well, um, be able to shoot the ball. And like you said, Foster's defense work in progress, but um, it wasn't really bad last night. But um, those two off the bench as depth pieces, um, really wondering if they were going to play in the first half last night. Both ended up with, like, I think around three minutes. Um, but in that second half, got some more minutes. Really excited about those two coming off the bench. Yeah, for sure. And they were both of our dogs of the game. And obviously, we'll get to who our dog was. And I don't think they were uh, too bad of picks, you know, to start the game. And then over the, you know, the first half of the game, it's okay. Yeah, they're not doing a whole lot. But then, they, yeah, they got going at the end. But, uh, you're right, and it, we mentioned as soon as AJ got going in the second half, it was they were yeah, it was confidence. It was as you said, dribbled the ball up the floor. He had that sick pass to Clarence for a layup. And I mentioned because I was talking about other guys having hot starts, and at the, uh, the beginning of the half, Marcus had a couple really bad turnovers, really back to back possessions. Bad. He tried to hit Trent on the far side of the court, like a, a cross court pass to the corner. They got picked off. And then he tried to hit somebody. I don't even know. It was an awful pass, though. Marcus just seemed out of it. At times, he only scored twice in the second half. And I want to look to see what his plus minus was in the second half. But so some guys were struggling. Some It was really Marcus only that was. We mentioned, you know, Xavier had a couple. He had a couple free throws in here. We mentioned everyone else scoring. Yeah, I love – you're right. AJ at that size, if he can continue to do that. in the minutes, I think all of their minutes are going to go up. But – um Juwan had a steal and got fouled. Juwan was moving. It's crazy just knowing his injury and what he's doing. I think we don't know the extent of what his injury was. I wish we got a chance to maybe talk to him and say, that, you know, it was back in March. It's like, man, how bad was it? And then you were able to commit here and then get going in the summer. So it's honestly impressive what Juwan has done. So we had a couple of free throws there. And then just as time goes on, not a whole lot. Uh, Scotty went one of two. Clarence went one of two from the free throw line. Uh, I can mention Xavier making making his and then Noah. At one point, we ended up seeing the starters come back into the game, which was strange. <clears throat> and I wonder if that was because of <clears throat> because we were winning by so much that uh, maybe you wanted to get the feel back in. Like if you don't want the guys sitting for too long before our next game, maybe. And we mentioned how maybe that's not the starting five. At least you get those guys not cramping up on the bench to end the game, whether that wouldn't happen or not. I guess you just wanted to get a. a better you know more those guys more touches in the game with the blowout but no as soon as that happened we were a little bit uh audited by that take us through to the to the rest of this game yeah really i mean we kind of had a cold streak when they put them back in the game um even when they came off the bench it really came started a little bit of a cold streak um when they came off the bench they had to get back in the flow of things um but really right off the get go like I said, a little bit, Lance missed a three, Troy missed the layup, we had a turnover, 
Um, but really got going by uh, Scotty. Um, got fouled, went one of two, but Scotty got the offensive rebound. Um, then we were up by 27 at that point. Xavier got fouled, made some layups. Xavier had some opportunities in this game around the rim um, to score, but he was looking to dish to his teammates, like he said, and his presser. He's a pass for a guy. Marcus got fouled again, made some layups. We're in the bonus at this point. Um, Dalton had a steal, got a dunk on a fast break. Good to see Dalton. Um, then we got to rotate some more guys in. Foster, that's when he hit his three. AJ hit a three um, on a good outlet pass on a fast break. Um, then we got the we got to see Chris Cross into the game. Did not see Jr. enter this game. Don't know if they're red shirting Jr. Maybe as a potential steal down the road because he was a heck of a high school player to walk on here um, in the state of Tennessee. But did get to see Chris Cross. Did not get a shot up. We ran the clock out. Um, so that was a final score um, that we win by big time win ninety four sixty three. Pretty impressive start, obviously. Opposite, opposite, opposite ends of the spectrum to win this game instead of last year. Exactly how we ended or started the year last year down there at Little Rock with a kind of a shocking loss, not playing well. Almost turned the ball over just as much as we did down there. Didn't expect to this game. Yeah, I think overall. And honestly, when the starters came back in the game near the end, they kind of killed the vibe because they weren't really scoring either. I think that the group that was out there and we were like, you know, let these guys that aren't the main guys, you know, get going more of a flow. And, yeah, they ended up coming at the very end again. You're right. So that is how it ended in a 31-point victory. Only outscored them by four points in the second half compared to that 27 in the first. So a little bit got going. They had, a, they had some runs in this game, but overall – and like I mentioned DJ Smith, he had 21, he shot it 16 times, but it seemed like every time he got in the mid-range, he made it. Uh, I mean, Little Rock had 11 steals in this game, and we had 19 turnovers. I think that's honestly the only – and I just remember thinking of other takeaways, like player-wise, I mean, we could nitpick everybody. It seemed about how Marcus, you know, didn't – another not good second half for him. We're going to need him to have a way better second half on Thursday. But just thinking about how he was even trying to back down guys and was getting it you know, stripped at the rim, you know, things we've talked about before about certain matchups with him. But outside of him, I would say there's really not a whole lot outside of the 19 turnovers. And we talked about this earlier. You know, there's a difference between turnovers in general and, like, aggressive turnovers. Like, if, if guys are being active, you know, there's some that are, you know, dumb turnovers, but there are some that maybe was a good pass, one player wasn't looking or something. And there were some bad ones. You know, Dalton got, uh, and you mentioned earlier, it was out of a timeout, got, and they pressed us some in this game, and they cornered Dalton, and he and he had a jump ball that ended up getting back to them. I remember there were just some – I remember Troy had some turnovers and such, but uh, I said aggressive turnovers you can live with. And we mentioned Xavier. He throws rocket passes. Sometimes, like I said, guys maybe aren't looking or aren't ready for the pass or something, but he'll always try to find everybody. So it's things like that. As long as you're aggressive, the turnovers are whatever. But I think that could be one of the few down – you know, down – parts of you know, this team this year is just turnovers because we think we're going to score. We think we're going to play really good defense. It's just, it's just limiting those turnovers. And that was one of the keys of the game for Brian, which I had up here. He said they need to limit turnovers, uh, out rebound little rock. And uh, what was that last one? Uh, outscore little rock at the free throw line. So we did, we did all those and hopefully we can go 30 for 30 and keys of the game. It's not always going to happen, but we did nail these. Um, Lance and Dalton led us in scoring with 14 apiece. Both shot well. We mentioned how, you know, Lance shot nine threes in this game. That was nine of our 28. Next closest was Trent with six. Uh, and minute-wise, Marcus led us with 28. No, even on the pregame, I remember listening to Rodney and Mike that uh, Rodney said that it's it's not sustainable. You can't play a guy that long when they were talking about his minutes. And, uh 28 is obviously not bad. That's that's it'd be a dream for that to be with the depth that we have for it to be this year. We've already talked about that, so no need to really dive into it. What stuck out to you and like box score of who stuck out? We've already talked about most of them, but uh, that or a team stack. Like I said, Little Rock kind of outplayed us in the second half. We were kind of going through the motions, uh, but what else stuck out to you? Yeah, obviously uh, in that second half, DJ Smith 
mentioned you mentioned them earlier, got going in that second half, ended up with a game high twenty one points. Um, but player of the game was um Dalton Banks. We got to hear from him after the game, post game. Um, he had a really he's if he can. I'm not saying he has to average 14, but 14, five assists, three rebounds, um, a steal. If he can do that, five of seven shooting and hitting his free throws. Um, we had heard and we talked about a little bit the improvements he made. I mean, you saw it right away in the first half. I mean, it was really impressive. Um, then just seeing, I mean, obviously the margin scores a lot, but having your best players, I mean, Marcus didn't have his best game, but um, him having 11, six and three um, with two blocks to go with those rebounds and assists and points. Um, it's really cool. Then Lance getting going. Um, but the, we have so many guys on this team. I mean, just seeing the, seeing where we got the points from the spread out, having the bigs, obviously Scotty got a, he fouled out. Got to keep him somehow out of foul trouble. Um, Biggs only played a total of 22 minutes in this game. Um, we went small at some times, and we we're going to do that down the stretch. Like I said, the guys who started last night, I'd love to see that lineup, if possible, down the stretch. Um, but finding the rotations, you didn't see different rotations last night. Um, obviously, turnovers is going to be going to be an issue if they're going to turn them over 19 times. You turn it over uh, 19 times. On Thursday night, you may get beat 94-63, but uh, got to fix that. And obviously, going small, you're going to get out-rebounded a lot. Um, so, obviously, may see, probably see Scotty, if he can stay out of fall trouble and Clarence's minutes go up here um, as the season go. But really impressive start to the year. Yeah, we'll dive into that again when we get to the preview for OSU and what a potential – Starting five could be, and we'll predict that again whenever Thursday night comes. But, yeah, I mean, our 19 turnovers, they had 18 points off of those turnovers. So it's all about, you know, when you – there are some points I think – I don't think we got back fully. I mean, I don't think they had a whole lot of uh, fast break. They had eight fast break points. So it's not like, you know, they went crazy with that. They got in the half court and then threw up a bad shot potentially. But, you know, it's getting back and not letting points score on those turnovers. I think that definitely is the biggest thing. And you're right, and that's – it's one thing we noticed, and we noticed we said X got in foul trouble against Alabama. He has a lot of tic-tac-y, like, reach-in fouls. I think X and Scotty and Clarence are going to be our biggest foulers this year. Lance always finds a way to get away with it. He did have a steal in this game. We had four as a team, yeah. Uh, him, Trent. Trent had a good steal at one point to halt one of their – I think they were, like, 10 seconds left in the shot clock, and Trent just had a uh, – got through the passing lane and then started like a, a mini fast break kind of thing. So he's in the passing lanes. And then, yeah, Dalton and Jawan with ones as well. Lance is going to be up there. I mean, he had four, I think, against Alabama. He's going to get at least two a game a year again this year and be into the defensive player of the year uh, voting, like we said at the start of the year. He's going to be in it again. But other than that, I mean, I think we talk about the Rocky, whatever. I think Clarence had a huge second half from what he had in the first with those turnovers, with being frustrated. Yeah, you mentioned earlier he had a nice spin baseline layup. He was rebounding like crazy. Had some had a couple offensive boards and was finishing at the rim. I mean, he shot four or five, and I think you know the one he missed. I think he ended up getting it back, or I remember he ended up on the floor once and they fouled him. That's when he went one of two from the line. So I liked what to see from him because he also yeah led us in rebounds with eight. I mean, I rebounded him by twenty three. So that's a big deal against a team that, like we said, has you know, two six-foot guys, and then they have six-four or taller. So I think it was a good test in terms of size. That's the same kind of size we'll see on Thursday. Overall, though, yeah, I don't think we had a – there's a whole lot to other Nick pick on this game. When you win by 31, there's also obviously something. So great first game, 100%, and a really good crowd. You mentioned Dalton was the dog of the game. I agree. Um, we were trying to pinpoint maybe who else else it could be I think I said it earlier and I couldn't think exactly I think Trent because he played really well um you know Clarence the second half and then who else was I eyeing? I think Troy because he probably one of the again he had a couple turnovers so maybe he didn't have the top plus minus but we can count on Troy having one of the top plus minus of the year on the team he was valuable so dominating win for sure a lot of content on our page maybe that Dalton and I didn't see maybe that or that Marcus uh put back on sports and a lot of people were talking about that 
Quickly on Lance, now in 87 career games, he is at 139 threes. He's only behind uh, who we talked about earlier with Armand, whether he's still on his team. We were trying to look up the roster, trying to look at his status. We might jump into that. He is seven behind Armand. He's definitely going to pass him. Smith Peters, I mean, Lance is going to climb up here getting into the you know top seven. I see Tony Young at 175. Lance is going to hit at least 35, 36 more threes this year. He's going to be climbing up for sure. And we know our former Marion high school coach, Shane Hawkins, who I thought you mentioned was in attendance, still has the score record with 314. Troy Hudson in 55 games, 227. He was incredible. So so a, a nice list for Lance. He will keep climbing that, as I said. We know uh, Mike does that for football, all the stats. Uh I'm sure over over time he'll have that with uh, basketball. So, so Noah, out of all of that, uh, like I said, solid win. Let's now jump into uh, what else happened around the Valley yesterday. We know two teams still have yet to play. That will be tomorrow. We'll preview those. You can after we talk about these. Talk about the games that did happen last night. There were a couple upsets, a couple teams lost, but I'd say obviously a good majority of the Valley won yesterday. Yeah, it was a it was a thought it was gonna be a rough start to the valley at some points. Um some teams um were able to hang on for some wins and come back. Um but Indiana State hosted Green Bay, um, a big win for Indiana State, eighty to fifty three blowout fashion. Um led by the way, um by the DePaul transfer, former Lincoln Memorial player under coach shirts, McCauley had twenty three. 8 of 16 shooting. He was 6 of 12 from 3. He had 10 rebounds to go along with that. Um, then Trent Trenton Gibson, um, a transfer as well, coming in, had 18. Um, if you're going to win by – if you're going to win by 27 and you only get a combined six points out of Cameron Henry and Cooper Nees, I'd say um, you're getting a lot of, lot of help. Um, found it interesting that no Robbie Avila in this game. He did not play, so – Found it interesting. Um, he did not get in this game with a blowout like that, so maybe a potential red shirt for him as well. Yeah, that is surprising. And you know, if, if those guys can come in and score, they're going to play versatile ball. Like they're going to play guys that are, yeah, around you know that six five six. You know, we mentioned Caleb Stevens is kind of like their center, and he only had one field goal attempt in this game or one field goal make. Excuse me. Yeah, Cameron. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna have. I think. I picked him for, I think, third team, and that just reminded me we'll get to their game about uh, a Bradley player that I that I picked but didn't even have a newcomer or whatever, but that just reminded me. I was going to mention that at some point. But, uh, yeah, I think Henry's going to have a couple of these games where he's going to be a little inconsistent. Even, yeah, Cooper only shot twice. What's the deal with that? I know they blew him out. A little weird, and we see a lot of those guys, Jason Kent, 22 minutes, only four points, Julian, Zach, and uh, – Bledson on the bench as well. So, yeah, they didn't have to do a whole lot. They were probably winning and probably went through the motions. But, yeah, those newcomers are going to be a problem for us this year. Like I said, Calix is probably going to be their center. And you're right, Robbie might sit this year just like Cade will. Yeah, then moving on, um, Valpo went on the road to play a really good Toledo team out of the MAC. Um, an 85-70 um, victory for Toledo. So, Valpo drops their opening game. Um it was rough at some times. It was 52-26 at half. Valpo was able to outscore him by 11 in the second half. Um, Cricky um, had a horrid first half, was able to bounce back. He was 8 of 19, had 18 and 12. Um, pretty good start for him. Then Kobe King had 15. Um, Quentin Green, a transfer, 20 points for him. Pretty good start for him. They only had four total bench points. Their bench is not very good, so um, expect Valpo to have a pretty rough year. Yeah, we talked about that. I, and Cricket's not going to have that bad of a start every single game. And Kobe didn't shoot well. I mean, those guys are easily going to have to carry them. And that, that's really that's really the only two guys they really have. So they they're going to be they're probably going to finish bottom three. I don't recall who where we had them picked a little bit ahead of that, but I definitely think that's going to end up happening. So and we'll go through the list, no, but go into the the team. Going to this game real fast. Four point victory for Evansville because that's a team that we thought. Probably going to end up 10th, but it doesn't look like probably just because they've been playing well a little bit and they just have something about them this year maybe. Yeah, they definitely um, got a big road victory against a Mac school in Miami, Ohio. Um, great start for Coach Raglan and his team. Um, they're burning a lot of transfers, obviously, with a new coach. And I knew 
I knew they had some guys that could play, like Kenny Strawbridge. I think he will be on um, newcomer team, potential newcomer of the year. He had 23. This guy can really flat-out play. Um, really impressed with him. Um, another guy, Yassin Toomey, a guy that came in, he had 15. Uh, at his size, it's pretty good at 6'10". A guy, they start 6'10", and they started Saku Calais at 6'10 as well. So two 6'10 guys. This is a very different team that we usually see from Evansville. Has a lot of athleticism. Having a guy like Antoine Smith be able to shoot off the bench at seven. Uh, Preston Phillips, Bochamp. I mean, Bochamp was a really good scorer last year, and he's coming off the bench. Um, so they got some pretty good transfers that came in. Um, really impressive road victory for um, Coach Raglan to start his career um, at Evansville. He's from that area. So um, another big win. Belmont hosted a really good MAC school as well in Ohio. Um, this one came down to – it was – if you watch ESPN Top Ten, it was number one um, on the top ten plays. Um, freshman Cade Tyson – um, had 18 points and four rebounds, six of eight shooting, two of two from three, which one of those threes was a buzzer beater to win 70 to 69. Um, ben Shepard, as advertised, 18 points, seven assists, five rebounds. Um, this team's going to be fun to watch, keep track of. Uh, Gillespie and Freeburg had some really impressive game as well. So. Um, only three guys they played off the bench, so not a lot of depth. They were without Keyshawn Davidson in this one. Um, so that's another guy that can add off that bench as well. So pretty impressive win to start the year. So it helps the Valley out right right away with that win right there. Yeah, and I think people were talking about, obviously, uh, you know, which games certain Valley teams were going to win. And this one, I think, was a coin toss. You know, Belmont was at home, and people were talking about before it even ended, about if this game in Belmont was going to lose or not. And the next thing you know, they're, you know, got got the buzzer beater, one of the best plates of the year, so or out of the first game. So you're right. If they don't, if they have a short bench all year, it'll be interesting. You mentioned they didn't have a player. And then, yeah, Kay Tyson's definitely going to be up there for freshman of the year. Uh, if he's putting up numbers like that, making that shot, and then, yeah, Ben, he's going to shoot a lot, 18 on 18, but he's going to have to do that this year. I think they're a team that we should be able to beat uh, – you know, we mentioned just once this year, unfortunately, but uh, we do get them at home. Hopefully we can be that. But Belmont's going to be a middle-of-the-pack team. That was a good start for them. And a, and a nice game because we know Ohio's, you know, pretty good as well. And a couple neat, couple non-D1 games until we get to the teams that uh, lost. UIC hosted Trinity, um, 82-48 win, not competitive at all. Um, pretty good game for Jace Carter and Toby Akani. Um and freshmen that could be Jalen Jackson. Um, pretty good start for UIC. Obviously, that's a non-D1. A lot of a lot of Valley fans I seen on Twitter last night um, saying that it shouldn't count. If you're not a pretty. You're not a real team if you don't start the year with a actual D1 team. People were saying all all over. Um, you know how Valley Twitter can be. Bradley started the year struggled a little bit against off the get go against Wisconsin Parkside, but. Um, good to see Jay Sean Henry back. Um, he had 19 off the bench, seven of seven shooting. Um, really good to see him healthy. Darius Hanna, we talked about him as a freshman, had a rough year last year, but he's starting in place of rink mass, 16 and seven for him. Connor Hickman looked good. Um, really, really interesting to see how this team goes. Obviously, playing a non D1, not a lot to go off of then Northern Iowa blew out Wartburg 105 49 um really impressed by freshman Trey Campbell 11 points for him he's starting for them go along with 19 from Bowen Bourne and 14 from Nate Heisey yeah back Bradley will be interesting because you know they're starting that Troy transfer Duke Dean and they're kind of just filling out their lineup with those guys yeah Hannah's gonna have a good year we've been high on him ever since we've seen him he's kind of been funneling around a little bit. We, we do like Zeke Montgomery. He's a talent. You mentioned the other guys. And if they can have Jay Sean and Tavanine off the bench, those guys had 30 combined. Yeah. I'd say, I'd say they're going to be still pretty good without ring. Imagine when he gets back, they're going to be, I mean, they they would play like they were pick second. 
And I mean, that's huge. And it, it's great to see Jay Sean. He's, he's been a killer of ours over the years, seeing him healthy is good. And then I mentioned I had pop on the third team. He had six points, three assists, uh, which his name's James Weathers. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't put him on the newcomer team, but he's going to be pivotal. You know, their lineup probably would have been a certain way. Yeah. If rink was healthy and now that it's changing up a little bit, I'm sure Wardle is going to have it to where it changes here and there. But as long as he's got Tavon Iden and Jason on the bench, I think they'll be in good shape probably. Yeah. Um, the, the two teams that lost starting with, uh, Illinois State, Coach Padon's first game at home, um, loses the Western Illinois 71 68. Um, Alec Rosner, a guy we were in on in the portal at one point, had 25 to lead the way for Western Illinois. Um, but uh, Kendall Lewis, 22 and 14, he's going to be a problem. We saw what he done last year. Um, not a great start for Coach and his staff for, for as an Illinois State Redbird. Oh, and Luke Kazabuke, we were also in on him. I didn't pronounce it right, uh, but he had 10. It's weird seeing him off the bench, and we talked about if he's going to come off the bench all year, he's going to be an all-bench member, a six-man-of-the-year candidate for sure. Yeah, I mean, a lot of guys in this game we were in after. You mentioned Rosner at 25. That's big time. But even we know Joe Petrakis is on. Illinois State off the bench had eight and six. Seneca had a weird night. Only, it's weird how he only shoots seven times in 28 minutes. But, yeah, I think that's a nice lineup they have if they have Luke off the bench. I think that was a weird game. And even Colton Sandage didn't score against his old school. I think that was kind of a kind of a weird game. They didn't weren't able to finish. We know those Illinois State fans on Twitter upset about this one, as they should. And they have a decent game we'll get into as well, what their second game is. They don't want to fall in two. But, yeah, I think, I think they'll be in the bottom half of the league, but I do think they'll have moments and they do have some size still to them. And if Luke comes off the bench torch and – they're going to win a couple more games than people think, probably. And another game um, ended up being a blowout. 91-68 loss for Murray State at SLU. Um, we know SLU, what SLU um, is picked. Um, going to be a top 25 team at some point. Obviously, a new staff, new team, a lot of new faces at Murray. Got to probably be a little patient, but not a great start on the road. Um, Jabari Smith had 19. Um, Rob Perry, 14. Brian Moore, our guy that we were in on hard, had nine. And Quincy Anderson, we were in on the portal at eight off the bench. Um, not a great start, obviously. Got to be a little patient. But Javante Perkins, Gibson Jimerson were too much for the racers last night. Yeah, it's weird seeing them get blown out like that. They had like an 11-2 to two lead, I think, to start, or a 9-2 to two lead. And we were listening to interviews that, Travis Ford was kind of scared of this game because he didn't have a whole lot of film on these D2 and Juco All-Americans that he had coming in there. He was kind of whatever. But, yeah, over time it didn't it didn't matter. And it's great seeing – we've been following Javante for a long time, and he was the – wasn't he the preseason A-10 player of the year, or whether it was this year or it was last year when he got hurt and stuff. He's a great player. And that's what Slew's going to do to somebody. And it is crazy all these games we're going through. Yeah, it's a whole bunch of players that we were in on. And seeing Brian Moore drop nine – 22 minutes and Quincy eight and 25. I think Jamari Smith and Perry are going to give, I mean, it's, it's Jamari Smith is a stud. I mean, he's going to shoot a lot. He's going to score a lot. Had those 19 Perry, Jacoby Wood, Burns. I mean, they're going to be nice to us. Sam Murray only played three minutes and stuff and Jackson Edwards, two minutes. So a lot of guys we ran on, but a, a team that's going to still be good this year. Uh, that And we talked about how, you know, yeah, you don't want to, People are dogging people for scheduling non-D1s, and then you got Murray scheduling a pick second, A-10, fringe top 25 team. We respect that, but that's definitely a tough way. I'm sure Chaffetz was sold out. We'll see them early next month. So, yeah, Murray Murray will be fine. That, that's This is a tough game. Yeah, just to run through some upcoming games, um, Missouri State hosts Missouri S&T tomorrow night. Expect that to be a blowout. Drake hosts IUPUI. Expect that to be a blowout. I think Drake is like 28.5-point favorites I've seen earlier. Um, then, obviously, Thursday night, Illinois State goes on the road to Eastern Illinois. Got to watch Eastern a little bit, play against Illinois last night. Um, then on Friday, UNI goes on the road to Richmond. That's a heck of a start after playing a non-D1. Getting to go on the road to a team like Richmond. Belmont. Stays tough in their matchups. They go on the road to Furman. 
Uh, UIC gets to host Loyola. We know Loyola almost got upset last night. Bradley goes on the road to Utah. Um, Then on Saturday, Ball State um, is going to Indiana State. So Indiana State gets to host a decent MAC team there. Uh, Another Valley team gets to go to SLU. Evansville gets to go on the road at SLU. That'll be interesting. Murray State has a non-D1. They probably wish they would have started with that. But we'll get back on track. Then Illinois State. Um, goes on the road and plays uh, Northwestern State, which were that's where all the um, former uh, Missouri State Bears are at. Then obviously Sunday, we'll get into that later. But this is a big upcoming week for the Valley, just as a whole to look o- the overview and to see where this conference stands. So um, the dive deep into more of tomorrow night's game, Drake. We did notice before their last exhibition. Drake had four their four all preseason conference guys out. Did see a photo of Tucker DeVries in a boot. Um, haven't seen any updates on him. We know Roman Penn's probably out for a little bit with that foot still. Um, don't know anything else about Sturts um, or uh, who am I forgetting? DJ or yeah, DJ uh... Wilkins. Yeah, that's the other one. Don't know anything about Sturts or Wilkins. Um, so. They were fine the other night against an exhibition game. Calhoun, the Texas Tech guy, had 25. Brody had a double-double. Um, interesting to see tomorrow night. Obviously, they play IUPUI, so they have to rest some of those guys again. Obviously, Roman Penn's probably out, um, but they have to rest the other three. I think they'll be just fine. Yeah, we mentioned Roman will probably be out till around Thanksgiving time, maybe obviously whenever their MTE is and maybe at the end of the month. Um, and then, yeah, there's still you mentioned 28 and a half point favorites. Whether they know who's going to play and who's not going to play, that's still and it is IUPUI, who's one of like the worst, you know, Division One teams in the country. It's crazy how they produce George Hill. We've talked about it a lot. It's like they don't produce anybody else. They got lucky with that one. They will struggle. Yeah, it'd be weird. It's weird seeing. And I wonder what Tucker did to be in a boot. So yeah, we probably won't see him in this game. They're expected to win, but they got some other tough matchups you know, going on later. So that will be, and it will be interesting to see obviously Missouri state as well. Um, uh, you know, how they, how they play and how they look even in a, in a blowout, surely blowout and start their year. Yeah. You mentioned, we did see a little bit of EIU with Illinois. That'll be a tough road game for Illinois state potentially. I'm interested to see um, uh, Evansville at SLU. I think SLU is going to blow them out, but it's interesting. That's not like the typical Evansville team. You never know how they can go in there and compete. And then, USC hosting Loyola, the Battle of Chicago will be interesting. And then, yeah, Bradley at Utah State. <laughs> Excuse me, that is a that is a long road. So, and then you and I with Richmond, yeah. So, so some some quality gains, can't lie. Um, and then now, no, let's quickly. I just mentioned it because we some guys we were in after go elsewhere. Uh, recruit wise, did see Miles Shea. We talked about him a couple of pods ago. He coming into USF, so that's a big time place that he's going. We think that's it for now. But, Noah, we also, you know, obviously before this game, two or three days ago, we saw some players take a uh, a visit to us and take some pictures with Brian. Let's run down those kids real fast. Yeah, the main one to get into that we know we offered already is Angelo Ciravino, 6'6 guy at a Mount Carmel, plays for Illinois Wolves, and Brian's father in that program. Um, seeing him next to Brian, um, wearing – Sean O'Brien's 33. Um, that's the main guy. The two other guys visited and Jake Reimer um, and Jack Stanton, two guys from Brian's hometown, I believe. Um, not sure there's a lot of interest there, um, but definitely um, very interested and looks good in Angelo. I think he'll end up with some pretty good um, offers. Um, he's only – they're both – all three 2024 guys, I believe believe so um interesting obviously the from brian's hometown getting those guys on campus i'm sure that had something to do with it um interesting to see what happens there um but following angelo and his his junior and senior year seeing if we have any chance with him yeah i think the other kids should be like you know, I think we should definitely – and you're right, I think they were just maybe having him on because he might know him a little bit. But I think, obviously, if they're having him there taking pictures, there is some interest. It's just uh, 
we're thinking at that point, we, we, and depending upon the seasons that these kids have, the next two that you never know. But I think our interest should lie elsewhere, outside of outside of Angelie, right? He's talented. He's probably going to get bigger looks. So some quick stuff on that. Now, no, let's end here with a preview of Oklahoma State Thursday night. Uh, as we know, uh, they have a couple of players that we're aware of. We know this is a a – like a, a two for three in terms of we're, we're there this year. We are, they are coming here next year, which is exciting. And then we're back there again the next year. You know this is a big 12 school. We know Oklahoma state is always a quality school. We talk about Barry Henson. We talked about this at the beginning of the year when we added them to our schedule, Barry, I'm sure is going to be at that game, obviously. And you no, know, it's just a great opportunity. And for what we know after their first game, and we know, like we said, we usually, this is another one which we said we're gonna we're gonna mix and match and combine these pods throughout the year. So you know we don't. There's some other information the school might have that we might display to you guys. But let's let's go ahead and from what we know from the first game and what we have to expect uh, Thursday night. Yeah, I was able to watch a little bit of their game last night um, against uh, UT Arlington. I'm a new Division One school. Um, obviously, know some of their players were highly highly recruited guys. Um, Bryce Thompson, a guy that originally went to Kansas, uh, transferred into Oklahoma State, had 18 points um, last night. Really good player at 6'6". Um, I think that's a really good matchup for Lance if we're talking matchups. Um, but Avery Anderson's a really – they start Avery Anderson, the 6'3 guard. Um, really impressive guard. Um, they have some other guys. They start John Michael Wright. He's their point guard at 6'1", a high point transfer. Um, interesting to watch there. Then they start some big guys. Uh, one you're familiar with, uh, Khalid Boone, 6'9". Um, he starts at the four. So, like we mentioned earlier, probably have to not start um, small like we did last night. And one you're, the one you're familiar with is 7'1", Musa Cisse, a Memphis transfer. Um, we know what he's capable. So, um, they bring a little bit off the bench, um, some transfers, a Texas State transfer, and Caleb Asbury. Um, he scored four off the bench. He played 24 minutes last night. Um, they also have Woody Newton, a Syracuse transfer. He's 6'9". Um, he plays a, a wing position. Um, they have some decent depth. They don't bring a lot of guys off the bench um, to watch out for. Tyreek Smith, a Texas Tech guy, 6'9". So, I mean – we played – we scrimmaged against two two, uh, two athletic teams, so we know what to expect. Um, but this is a really good test for us. Um, didn't get to see exactly – I mean, we know how good this team could be. We saw a little bit of it last night. Um, but you'll see it definitely really how good. We got to match up athletically. Obviously, we got to go through matchups. For sure, we'll do that here at the very end quickly. But, yeah, I do know Musa. I mean, he's – he only shot five times in this game or three times in this game, had five points, but he had four blocks. And that's the thing he's biggest and known for is his shot blocking, his versatility. He had two steals. Uh, he's going to be all over the place. You, you got to finish strong at the rim. You maybe get him in foul trouble. He had three in this game. Uh, I think he's a big, I think him and Bryce, Bryce is their best player, but Musa, because he's big and you're right. We cannot, we cannot start Troy in this game. You start Scotty or you start Clarence just to give that different feel feel to it but I mean they only won by 11 great it was the first game of the year so it's not one of those things but it just shows they're a little and it's the first game I I never go off of whatever's after first game a lot of the time just depending but it, it shows that obviously they're beatable and because those two other games set us up I like our chances in this game to be honest uh, and I mean the fact that we mentioned some of theirs they had eight steals in their game Oklahoma State did that seven blocks uh you know, they only – they rebounded 40 times. I mean, just comparing us, comparing and contrasting with us. But they're obviously good. We talk about how they're around 30th maybe in the country right now, and they're a really good team. So, Noah, 87% matchup predictor they have. We don't know a spread. Predict a spread and give me your quick dog of the game. Yeah, I'd say uh, the way Mike Boynton has his team going, um, I think they against UT Arlington was 20 and a half. I'd set ours around seven. I'd say that's a good, pretty good on the road there. Um, um, it could be more, not sure. Um, but obviously, 
Yeah, I'd say around seven, eight points um, would be a good spread to start the year. Um, didn't expect it to be 17 uh, yesterday, but um, I think that's a spread. Then quick dog of the game. Um, I'm going to go with Marcus Damask. I mean, your best player, obviously, we know he struggles against really athletic teams, and he's going to have to deal with a 6'9 guard in him. Then if he can get by him, he has a seven-footer meeting him at the rim. So probably going to have to live and die by the three, but I think Marcus, obviously, we got to go with our best players if you want to beat a team like this. Great point. That's who I would go with. I'll go with Juwan because if we need that extra scoring, I can see him being active, not being scared of the moment either. Um, you can go with Scotty. You can go with Clarence. And I think, again, it, it's safe to say that one of those guys hopefully will start and you keep going, which we mentioned Trent. Trent's going to have a guy around his size that's, you know, d- you know, nice for him to, you know, be tough and stay in front of. But uh, it, it's going to be weird. It's tough to say really what the starters are going to be, but you, we got to expect Clarence and or – we mentioned they could play well together. That'd be something if Scotty and Clarence would play together. Maybe they'll get into the game at times in this one. Do you play together? It'll be interesting. I think definitely, and you're right, 7 to 10, I would hope. I think it's a game we can definitely win, though. I don't think there's no reason why we can't go in there and play the way we expect to this year and everyone's hyping us up to be that we, we're battle-testing now. We, we, I think this is a game we can win easily. So no final thoughts. Yeah, this is going to be a really interesting game. Excited for it. Um Got to get through tomorrow, Wednesday, to get get to Thursday. And you have to get to Thursday to get to Thursday night for this big matchup. Um, I like this opportunity. This is a really good opportunity for this program to get um, a really good win on the road against a team that was picked tied for fifth in the Big 12. Um, so I really like the matchups here. I think X and John Michael Wright really at the point guard position match up well. Um, then at the guard spot, I think Lance will match up with Bryce Thompson. Um, I think if we wanted, uh, or Trent can match up with Avery Anderson, who they start at six three. But I think if you, even if you wanted, I think you could stick Marcus on an Avery Anderson, and you could start Troy, um, who can guard the six nine Boone at that four yeah. spot and start a big with Moose inside. Um, but even if you did, you probably have you're gonna have Trent on a a guy like Avery Anderson, then have Lance on Bryce Thompson, our best defender. Um, then you obviously Mark is going to have to deal with six, nine Boone. Um, then obviously whoever side, I I'll probably, I'm probably going to lean Rupert on this one. He has the more of going against this guy. I mean, he played against Oscar Toshibwe and Armando Baycott last year. So going against a guy like Musa, he's been through the challenge. So I would lean him to start. Um, if we start small, I don't like our chances. Yeah, I know we got it. We got it. We can't get out rebounded. I think, and guys who come into this game, they played against those other schools. They they got to be able, and it's going to be a bigger atmosphere. They got to be ready to play. I think Oklahoma State will pressure us in this game a lot. It'll it'll be a wait and see. Can't wait to watch that ESPN Plus and also the Big Twelve Network. Um, like I said, I think it's a game that we can definitely win. And you're right, a lot of Troy at the four is interesting. Who knows? I, they, I'm hoping Trent's out of the starting five, but you never know. They could match up a certain way. Can't get out rebounded or you will get blown out. They are still that good. So it'll be fun. I mentioned ESPN Plus, 7 o'clock on Thursday. We're excited. Can't, wait. Can't believe we got to wait an extra day, but it is what it is. Excited. A great opportunity for us to keep kickstarting this season. So for Nick Malone. No alerts. Until about Friday, go dogs.